You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. been in a series that we've been calling this summer, So Help Me God. And I've been sharing with you, again, just some of the major areas uh, where all of us kind of find ourselves in need of help. Not just anyone's help, but really God's help. We're either saying, help me with me, meaning that we've got some issues going on with ourselves, whether they're issues with our self-image, our self-worth. Again, there is something that we're dealing with, and we're asking God, God, help me to get over, you know, if it's issues of anger or maybe depression. They're just things that are happening, going on with us that we're asking God to help us. Or it may be those that are saying, God, help me with worry. I find myself worrying all the time about finances, about my job, about my family, about my relationships. And so oftentimes we're overcome and overwhelmed with worry. And so we're asking God, help me with my worry. Today I want to talk about another area where all of us encounter this uh, so often. And it's an area, again, where we're asking for help, not just anybody's help, but God's help. And that is in the area of temptation. I want to kind of challenge you to think about something as we head in to this topic this morning. If you think about every regret you have in life, if you go back and think about everything in life you would just like another chance to do over, or as you golfers kind of call it, a mulligan, If there are things that you have said that you wished you never said, things you did that you wished you'd never done, or maybe it's things you needed to say but didn't, or things you needed to do but didn't, I would say without exception, all of that happened because you failed to properly handle temptation. The great playwright Oscar Wilde once said, I can handle anything except temptation. And the good news is everyone who knows Jesus, loves Jesus, follows Jesus, can overcome any and every temptation because of Jesus. Jesus himself has shown us, he has given us the blueprint for that in Matthew's gospel chapter four. It's both interesting and kind of incredible uh, to see how Jesus and his ministry was introduced to the world. Now, if I were to be kind of the PR agent for Jesus and I was kind of thinking and planning how I was going to introduce Jesus and his ministry to the world, I would kind of think of a ticker tape parade. I would kind of think maybe, you know, Jesus sitting on a throne, kind of being marched down Main Street, held there by, you know, four, six, eight angels. You know, I would just kind of find a way to really make a huge splash. That's how I would do it. It's probably how you would do it. It's definitely how Hollywood would do it. But what's interesting and incredible to me is there really are two surprises there to the way that Jesus's ministry was introduced to the world. The first way was through baptism, and the second way was being led into the wilderness for a period of 40 days of temptation. 
In all four gospels, the baptism of Jesus and the temptation of Jesus are presented together. Jesus is fresh out of the Jordan River. God the Father has just given him the good housekeeping seal of approval. You remember, he's baptized, he comes up out of the water, and the Father says to him, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Now what's interesting to me about that is to stop and think about what had Jesus done up to that point? What had Jesus done up to that point? Had Jesus healed anybody? No. Had Jesus fed the multitudes? No. Had Jesus walked on water? No. What did Jesus do up to that point? Nothing that we know of. There's nothing recorded. There's no miracles. There's no teaching. Jesus just goes, he's baptized, and immediately God says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. See, oftentimes, the reason I bring this up is because for a lot of us, we think God is only pleased or happy with us when we've done things for him. One of the things that really amazes me is Jesus kind of demonstrates that he had the full acceptance, the full approval, the full love of his father just because of who he was, a son. You have the full approval, the full acceptance, the full love of the father just by virtue of who you are, a son, a daughter of the most high God. God doesn't love you because of what you can do for him. God doesn't love you because of the potential of what you can do for him. God loves you because of who you are in him. And that's the beauty of what Jesus shows us as he kind of begins that ministry. Again, oftentimes our ministries for God are really an attempt to earn or to make ourselves worthy enough to be loved. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus began his ministry out of the full acceptance, the full love of the Father, knowing that his Father was fully pleased in him just as he was. God is fully pleased with you and me simply because of who we are of where we're at in our relationship with him. God's not waiting for you to do something to love you. He's not waiting for you to do something so that you'll be acceptable to him. He loves you. He fully accepts you. And as we talked about in prayer, he invites you into this beautiful, dynamic relationship with him. So again, the first thing that we find in the ministry of Jesus is his baptism, and then he's led into the wilderness. Now again, as you look at the story, it's a very, very simple story. The whole story kind of takes up less than 200 words, but it is one of the most remarkable stories and encouraging words in the entire Bible. Jesus shows us that temptation comes to every one of us, but it doesn't have to defeat any of us. 
And we're gonna see today that Jesus and the way that he deals with and overcomes temptation is the same exact way you and I can deal with and overcome temptation. In the United States, there are uh, what they call 24 medical specialties that are recognized by the American Board of Medical Specialties. And one of those 24 um, areas is known as preventative medicines. Now simply put, preventative medicine is engaging in the discipline of preventing disease or illness, um, it's preventing it rather than curing it. So that's what I want to give you today. I want to give you a preventative medicine against temptation because it is always better to fight temptation on the front end than to have to deal with the ramifications, the consequences of it on the back end. And Jesus gives us three very simple things that we need to do to be able to deal with and to uh, get victory and win over temptation. The first thing that we need to do when it comes to temptation is you got to expect it. You've got to expect temptation. Now, listen to how it begins there in Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, you've got that little word there, then, and that word there simply indicates that this is tied to what just previously happened and, and what has gone on before this verse there. Well, Jesus has been baptized. His hair is still probably wet. He's experiencing again that, that euphoria, that uh, favor that God has placed upon him. Uh, he is you know, uh, experiencing the joy of being declared God's son and whom God was fully delighted in. But again, there's no celebration party. There's really no steak dinner. There's no, you know, reception, uh, a gold watch. Immediately, Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted. Jesus was the son of God and he was being led by the spirit of God into a period of temptation. This was God's plan. This was God's doing. This was God's leading. He's obviously, Jesus is submitted to the will of God. We know that he is filled with the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that ought to tell you something right there about temptation. There is no one immune from temptation. You are never too old to be tempted. You're never too good to be tempted. You're never too spiritual to be tempted. I would tell you, based on the life of Jesus, I think the more spiritual you are, I think the deeper the things you walk in of God, the greater that temptation is going to be. And so Jesus shows us no one is immune from temptation. Jesus had completed a 40-day fast just to focus on and concentrate on his relationship with God before he begins that ministry. I kind of had an interesting thought about that this week, and it kind of struck me as I'm looking at Luke's 
account of this very same thing. And look at what Luke says. Luke says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan, that was his baptism, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Now, I often kind of just thought, you know, that Jesus fasted for 40 days and then was tempted by the devil. If you look at what Luke is saying, Luke's kind of saying, no, Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and it was during that 40 days he was tempted. Each day he's being tempted, which to me kind of makes more sense. And it says to me again, the more spiritual we are, the deeper the things we walk in of God, the greater again is gonna be that temptation from the devil. And again, it also tells us something else about temptation. Temptation's not a sin. And oftentimes we kind of think it is. As a matter of fact, oftentimes when we feel tempted, we kind of feel like, well, we've already sinned, so we kind of just follow it through. And again, Jesus was tempted, but he didn't sin. So we know based on that, that temptation is not a sin. It's not abnormal to be tempted. Again, it's very normal. It's a part of our spiritual walk. And there's nothing wrong with being tempted. And what I'm about to say to you really is crucially and critically important. Jesus was not being tempted as God. Jesus was being tempted as a human being. Jesus was not being tempted in his divinity. Rather, he's being tempted in his humanity. He was not being tested or tempted as Superman. He was being tested as Clark Kent. How do I know that? Well, we know that God doesn't fast. We know God doesn't get hungry. And God doesn't get tempted. But a human being can be tempted there would be nothing encouraging about this story if Jesus was simply being tested or tempted as God and then overcome it. Ah, we would just say, oh, I, you know, Jesus, he's God. You know, of course he's gonna be able to withstand and overcome temptation. But when you begin to understand that he was being tested, he was being tempted as a human being and overcomes, that is encouraging for us because if he can, we can. That's why the first rule you have to follow if you're gonna handle and defeat the te temptation is you gotta expect it. You should never be taken by surprise. Don't be caught off guard. Always expect temptation. Going out into the world every day again with your spiritual antenna up, your spiritual radar on is really half the battle of defeating temptation. It's interesting in the Secret Service training manual, an agent will find these words, and there it says, every practical precaution and safeguard should be taken to prevent the actual perpetration of an attack because A, there is seldom any assurance that an attack can be suppressed before its objective has been reached, and B, and in speaking of the president, even if the president escapes unharmed, the cost in other lives, injuries, or property damage is usually very great before the attacker is subdued. 
That's why at every point, at no matter what point the president is in, in his itinerary, no matter where he is, no matter what he is doing, if he's in a banquet room, on an airplane, riding in a motorcade, the primary objective of the goal of the Secret Service is to maintain what they call a safe zone. Um, it's also known as kind of an outer perimeter. It's a zone of security. That's kind of what they may call a sanitation zone. And that safe zone is actually uh, an area that surrounds the president. And the Secret Service really prefers that safe zone to be about the size of a football field. And they're supposed to surround the president completely, 360 degrees, whether he is stationary or moving. That way, whatever threat arises, the zone gives agents a better chance to prevent the attack or to stop it immediately. Every day, you and I, we should have a safe zone that we have established around our lives, boundaries we will not cross or allow others to cross because we are always expecting. We're on the lookout for temptation. One of the issues that I worked through really in the last year uh, in the area of temptation for me is oftentimes, and, and some of you can relate to this, um, I don't know if you've ever been in any kind of a store. I don't care if it's Kohl's, if it's Menards, I mean, whatever your favorite place to shop is. You ever just start going down aisles and looking at stuff? Or you get online and you just start looking at stuff? What happens? Yeah, you want it, don't you? You see something, and you're like thinking, man, that is cool. How have I lived life that long without that? How have I made it here without that very, and we, and we get it. I find that when, I, when I, I go to Menards and man, I can walk down every aisle and think, man, I need that. I want that. And so one of the things that I really have kind of really begun to do with myself over the last year is I don't go into stores to walk around anymore. When I get to, say for instance, Menards, I know exactly what it is I need. I go in, I go directly to that place, get it and get out. And it's amazing how I don't fall for a lot of that temptation anymore. This last week when I was uh, up at the Mayo Clinic with my dad, um, I had a couple of opportunities where I needed to go out um, and get some stuff. And sure enough, I'm there in Walmart walking around and I just start feeling this temptation to get things I did not go there to get or things I did not need. And I just knew I got to get out of here. Amen from Janie, right? <laughs> but again, that's, I, I expect that. And, and I'm now on the alert. I'm careful when I go into a store, I know what I'm there for, I get it and get out. So again, that's just part of that, uh, expecting that. Same thing, second thing that we gotta do when it comes to, to temptation is expect it and then detect it. One other thing about Secret Service agents, they're uh, trained to really rely on what they call the sixth sense. And I know that that can kind of sound, you know, sci-fi-ish, um, but it really means to rely upon your instinct and your training. 
And so agents are trained to combine perception with what they see with the reaction of how are we supposed to respond. They're told to kind of be on the alert for danger. Look for persons who maybe kind of are acting unnatural or, or strangely. Look for unnatural appearance of uh, or places of objects and situations. And so, again, Secret Service agents know that that sixth sense, again, that ability to anticipate danger and then to take preventative action are the cornerstone of a good agent. This is far more valuable than their advanced equipment, their protective techniques, safety zones, their bulletproof vests, and even good intelligence. In other words, detection is their friend. And again, Jesus shows us how to detect temptation before it happens because all temptation kind of basically boils down to three things. Jesus was tempted in three different ways, and it's the same three ways you and I are going to be tempted. First of all, temptation is going to appeal to your physical side. Temptation is going to appeal to your physical side. side. Look at the first way Jesus is tempted in verses two through four. After 40 days fasting, Jesus was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus has just completed this 40 day and night fast. And the Bible says that he is hungry. And in the midst of that, the, 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 the tempter comes and he sees this opportunity to kind of appeal to, to speak to Jesus's physical needs. Look, you're hungry. You haven't eaten for 40 days. Take these stones and, and turn them into bread. In other words, it's a legitimate need. God won't care if you do this because you are so hungry. And so what he's tempting Jesus to do is you can fulfill this your way in your timing, independent of whatever it is the Father's asking you to do. And again, Jesus had the power to do this. Why didn't he? Because remember, he's fasting under the leadership of God's Holy Spirit. He's, he's led of God. He's not gonna do anything that, he, that the Father doesn't tell him to do. He's not gonna say anything the Father doesn't tell him to say. That's how fully he was under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He's obeying the will, the timing, everything of God. There was a right time, a right way, a right place to fulfill that desire for hunger, but now was not that time. That was not that place. This was not that way. From the time we are young, the first temptation every one of us are gonna feel is in the physical. We're told to eat our vegetables, but instead we want to appeal to the cookie jar, right? We're told it's nap time, but physically we don't want to take a nap. And then all of us know you kind of hit that certain age and one of the greatest temptations every one of us faces is in the area of sexual temptation. Even though God's plan, his word tells us very plainly that sexual relations are to be confined in marriage between a man and a woman, 
A lot of us know that the devil appeals to that physical side. And we kind of start saying to ourselves, well, you know what? If it feels good, do it. It's my body and I'm going to do what I please. The second temptation Satan gives to Jesus, again, is to separate the physical from the spiritual. Ever felt tempted in that way to separate the physical from the spiritual? It doesn't matter what God wants. It's more about what you want. It's not what pleases God. It's what pleases me. Not what does God need, but more what do I need. And again, there's nothing wrong with physical desires, whether that's hunger, thirst. There's nothing wrong with that drive or that need to be intimate with another person. What is wrong and where we fail in that area of temptation is when we fulfill those desires in the wrong way, at the wrong time, with the wrong person. Again, it appeals to the physical. The second is temptation is going to appeal to our emotional side. It appeals to our physical, it appeals to our emotional side. Verse five, then the devil took Jesus to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So basically, it says that Satan takes Jesus to the highest point and the city is probably the southeast corner of the temple overlooking the Kidron Valley. And he's looking down at this 450-foot drop, and Satan says, you know what? Just take the step. Do it. Just go down. Do, you know, a backflip, you know, a triple somersault. The people are going to be watching you. They'll see you. They'll see how magnificent you are. They'll see how great you are. You'll become the talk of the town. You'll be immediately accepted and followed and worshiped. You're going to have people eating out of your hand. Just do it. How many times have we blown it? because we followed what we felt rather than what we knew. We felt like we needed to keep up with the next door neighbors and so we bought what they bought. We got what they had because again, we felt we needed to keep up. And now you're saddled with payments that are difficult for you to make. We felt like we were in love with another person, and so we took that step into marriage, knowing that that person was not a Christian, knowing that that individual had a lot of issues that was going to make marriage very difficult. But again, we felt so in love. And now you're in a bad marriage, or maybe you're on your third divorce. But again, we felt so in love. We felt like it would be okay to maybe just dabble in, in drugs or maybe just dabble in pornography because we felt like I can handle this. And now you've got a full-blown addiction. Again, the first and the strongest leader of your life is your feelings. Remember this, your feelings were meant to be felt, not followed. 
Finally, temptation is going to appeal to your spiritual side, your physical, your emotional, your spiritual side. Satan saves his greatest temptation for last. Verse 8, again, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor or their glory. He says, all of this I will give you if you'll just bow down and worship me. You would think that Satan here is making Jesus an offer he could not refuse. It was so subtle yet so powerful. He offers Jesus the same kingdoms his father was going to give him, but he offers Jesus a shortcut, no cross. I'll give you what your father's gonna give you, but without the pain, without the suffering, if you'll just bow down, no dying, no humiliation, no suffering. He wanted to give Jesus a shortcut to be the shortcut savior because that's what the devil does. He offers all of us shortcuts. He's the master of them. And we're all tempted on our spiritual side to take the shortcut. Oh, I can just stay in bed on Sunday morning. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to get involved in the church beyond Sunday morning. We're all tempted, you know, maybe to give God a few dollars rather than honoring God with our tithes and our offerings because we never read our Bibles. We rely more on a podcast or a live stream. And again, the lesson is the same. There's that desire in all of us to take spiritual shortcuts. Satan will always appeal to one of those three sides, your physical, your emotional, your spiritual. He did with Jesus, he will with us. The final thing that we can do when it comes to temptation is reject it. And again, it's amazing to see how Jesus defeated temptation and he really does it with ease. It wasn't a struggle. I don't think Jesus strained in any of this. He defeated temptation with the only weapon that he had and he needed, and that was God's word. I want you to go back and again, look at every time Jesus is tempted, I want you to see how he responds. Verse four, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse seven, Jesus responded to him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Verse 10, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. There are three words in there that are the key to how Jesus dealt with and overcame every temptation, and that is, the, that is the words, it is written. Temptation is powerless against God's truth. Temptation is always, always, always based upon a lie, and here is the lie. Temptation will tell you that sin feels good. It does. But temptation will also tell you you can get away with it, but you can't. Sin will always, temptation will always tell you sin feels good, and it does. It'll always tell you you can get away with it, but you can't. That's the lie. Every time you are tempted, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to submit to what your eyes see, what your ears hear, what your heart feels, or you're going to follow 
the truth of God's word that you know in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit. Let me ask you just a simple question as we close this morning. If Jesus Christ, the son of God, would not face the devil and temptation without a profound, deep knowledge and use of God's word, filling his heart and his mind, how are you and I gonna try to do it any other way? Why would we try to do it any other way? The best preventative medicine you and I can ever take against temptation is to read and to obey God's word. Amen? Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.